Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, this is Joe Castellano from thesportsvirus.com. Welcome to the Inside China Basin San Francisco Giants baseball podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, featuring our regular guest, two-time World Series champion, former Giants reliever, George Contos. Gabe Kapler is not Bruce Bochy, so he's going to run things his way. And I'm sure with Farhan, they've had their discussions on what the best course of action is for the ball club. Inside China Basin is brought to you by Keynes Tire in San Rafael, the lowest prices in Marin County for over 60 years. Well, George, it's been quite a week for the San Francisco Giants. Uh, a lot of fans were kind of bummed about the way they were hitting in Washington, but now they come out and their offense is on fire. Uh, coming back from a 7-0 deficit on Tuesday, scoring 13 runs on Wednesday. It's been pretty incredible. Uh, welcome back to the podcast, by the way, and good morning to you. Uh, it's funny how fans and, and even media, we kind of point at a series, and it seems like there's panic, and then the next thing you know, things turn around quickly. Yeah, well, first of all, good morning, Joe. Uh, great to be back. Uh, yeah, to your point, you know, I think everybody – kind of has their opinions and, and their criticism of, uh, you know, the Giants aren't scoring, this is going bad or whatnot. But I don't think anybody in the clubhouse has any kind of worry that they're not able to score runs. And all it takes is a game uh, like they had against that the Diamondbacks where they, they came back from a, uh, a big deficit to pull one out. And, and that's, that's what it takes to get guys going. They start having confidence. They start having a big game. Then everyone feeds off one another in the lineup. And before you know it, everyone starts getting hits and homers hitting the ball hard like they did last night. So um, I, I don't think that anybody in that clubhouse is worried. I think that they're sticking to their plans, sticking to their guns, hitting their mistakes, and they're hitting them really hard. And the balls seem to be uh, leaving the ballpark. Yeah, I mean, there were some big home runs. The Yaz Graham Grand Slam, of course. Uh, the Duggar splash home run. What's it like in the dugout? You've been in a dugout like that where the team is struggling to get offense going, and you're down 7 nothing, like they were to the Diamondbacks. How, how is a dugout reacting to that, the way they came back? I mean, pretty amazing. And then again, you know, they're trailing again on Wednesday, and Buster Posey hits that big home run, and then all of a sudden you have life again. Well, throughout the course of a nine-inning baseball game, you have a lot of momentum that shifts back and forth. And one of those games, uh, you get down early, you kind of feel down in the dumps a little bit, and then someone gets a big knock or somebody drives in a couple. And then and then the momentum starts to shift, and your guys in the dugout, everyone feeds off one another, and the confidence starts to grow. And that's what you've been seeing happening. Is It's a lot of fun when you're scoring runs and guys are running the bases and everyone's giving high fives, doing their dugout dances. All that stuff is contagious, and everyone wants to be a part of it, and you want to keep it going. So I don't think that there's any, uh, there's any doubt that these guys aren't playing with a ton of confidence and they're, they're loving playing the game right now, as we saw last night after the big comeback uh, on, on uh, Tuesday. This is the first time we're talking since Evan Longoria went out with the left shoulder sprain. I mean, that was it's kind of a scary collision that he had with Brandon Crawford, and you worried that both guys would go out. But Evan Longoria going out, you know, I, I think that's a big loss, yet this team still continues to win. Uh, it's a guy that you have in the middle of your lineup that you can always count on. So what was your reaction to the injury, and uh, how do you think the Giants get around it? How, how are they getting around that injury to still be able to win games? Well, first first of all, you know, you, you, you wish that, uh, that the play didn't happen like that. It was a very scary play for both guys. Um, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not an infielder. I was never a position player, you know, from, from Little League, though, in high school, you know, you, you – you learn that the, the shortstop is the captain of the infield, right? And those guys are both unbelievably talented guys. 
a uh, little bit of a miscommunication maybe there. Uh, you're, you're, you're very glad that Brandon Crawford's okay. Obviously, losing Longoria is a huge blow to a team that, uh, that needs a veteran guy like that in the lineup. But it just goes to show how much depth and, and what kind of team camaraderie and team chemistry these guys have because it's just the next guy up. You know, you got to step in, you got to take his place, and you got to do everything you can to fill that void and, and help the team in however uh, manner you can. And they've been able to do a good job. Obviously, uh, you, you hate to lose a guy like Evan Longoria. He, he's got, been a guy who, since 2007, has just made a ton of noise in the major leagues. Um, but you know what? Right now he's on the shelf. Next guy steps in and tries to fill the job as best he can, and they've been doing a great job of it. This season that Brandon Crawford is having, I know you're really happy about it, your former teammate. Uh, it's just amazing. I mean, he's hitting home runs all over the place. He made an adjustment in his swing and his stance and everything, and it's really incredible the way he's playing. And, and defense, too, he's really the Crawford that you know we've always loved watching over there. And when it comes time – to get accolades for that, I mean, yeah, he's been a gold glover and everything, but I think he's an all-star shortstop. Now, I, I know that when you look at offensive numbers, of course, Fernando Tatis is ahead of him, but you got to look at defense, too. And the last time I checked, Tatis had 15 errors. Uh, Javier Baez, who was also ahead of Crawford in the voting right now, he had 13 errors, and Crawl only has four. So I don't know how he's not an all-star, but right now he's behind those guys. And even the last time I checked, he was behind Corey Seager as well, and he's hurt. Yeah, the, the, it's really unfortunate that that's uh... – you know, Crawford is not one of those look-at-me type guys. He doesn't play with a ton of flair, even though his game speaks for itself, and he makes plays that are just unbelievable. He's not that guy that's the look-at-me, that, that tries to be super flashy. He's flashy in a very understated kind of way based on just how he plays. You know, he hits the ball, he runs. He makes the play. You know, you, you, you can't even tell that he's excited or not excited about it because that's just his demeanor. That's the kind of guy he is. And um, it, would be, it would be an unbelievable travesty if Brandon Crawford was not in the all-star game this year, I, I get it. It's an offensive game and that's what MLB and everyone's pushing. And, and Tatis is having a great offensive year. Uh, but, but as far as overall performance and what, what a man has meant to that team, uh, there's no reason why Brandon Crawford is not an all-star this year. Absolutely not one. Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, and Buster Posey will be there and Kevin Gosman as well. So that's a nice trio. If that works out that way, uh, you know, we had the opener, that started the other day, uh, you know, where we have a relief pitcher starting a game, and it was Littell. It just didn't work out. You know, the Giants came back and won the game. I'm wondering what you think about the opener. And, and by the way, the bullpen has pitched a lot better since we last talked, and uh, you were right. I mean, I, I'm sitting there, I'm panicking about the bullpen. And the bullpen, I looked at these numbers since June the 1st, they had given up five earned runs in 49 innings, 0.92 ERA before that opener start, okay? So – that's really good, and they have great arms in there. But what do you think about the opener role and, and how that all works out? I'm not a huge fan of the opener. I, I was I was vocal about it uh, when, when it was becoming the new popular sexy thing to do when the Rays, I think, <laughs> really bought into it. And, right. Um, you know, I, I, I think that the starting pitcher prepares for, for five days to go out there. And, and the whole the whole reason why the opener is, I think, is, is the thought process is you try to avoid the starting pitcher facing – the lineup for the third time, you know, so, so you have a reliever come in who will face the, the, the best three, four guys in the lineup, arguably and the starter can step in and, and, uh, you know, kind of save some of the, the statistical sabermetric numbers against them. But, you know, th those guys put a, put in a lot of work to be ready to go every fifth day. Um, and like we've talked about plenty of times, I think that every individual start needs to be a individual basis and should be looked at 
uh, as this is what we have that day, its own variable uh, for for the start. So I've never been a huge uh, fan of the opener. Some guys are, are are good with it. A lot of guys who have maybe transitioned from starters to bullpen uh, throughout their careers um, have been able to you know find a little bit of success in that one inning role. Then their day's done. But overall, I think when you start a reliever, it really throws them off of the entire way that they've prepared for a major league baseball game. Uh, for their entire careers. You know, you, you don't go out there unless you're in a rehab outing uh, as a major leaguer and throw the first inning. It just doesn't ever really happen. Uh, so I've never been a huge fan of it. Uh, it's unfortunate that it kind of the game started off the way it did the other day, but uh, I've, I'm glad to see overall that the Giants have shied away from using the opener. Well, yeah, they would love to have Logan Webb out there, but right now he's on the I.L. Aaron Sanchez, I mean, he was pretty good, but he went on the I.L. as well. So what would you do? I mean, would it be better to just get a guy who's been starting in AAA, bring him up and start a game rather than go with the opener? What do you think? I think so. I think you start a guy out there who can go and give you, you know, four, five, six innings potentially, and, and then you handle the game from whatever position you're at moving forward at that point in time. Um, but, like, to your point, you know, Logan Webb being down, Aaron uh, Sanchez being down, those are big blows, guys who uh, have contributed and in a very, very positive way have thrown some very good games. They're on the shelf, but this is what we just talked about with Longoria going down. Someone's got to step in and fill the void, and this is where a guy like Tyler Beatty, when he's ready, can come in and hopefully slide into one of those spots and uh, you know throw some really, really good stuff and some good numbers at some of these teams. And by the way, Aaron Sanchez could be back in a couple of weeks. I mean, it's looking pretty good. He, he's been making you know rehab starts for AAA Sacramento. So that could be really good no, uh, news because I thought he was pretty good. Uh, when you think about the bullpen right now, George, uh, it's funny because it's evolving. There have been a lot of different guys kind of coming and going. Sammy Long now is a guy that uh, they're looking at, and, and he had one really good outing and the other one maybe not as good. Uh, they've got Dominic Leon, they've got Scherfe now is coming into games. So what are your thoughts on the current bullpen and the way they've been able to kind of mix some new guys in there? I, I think I think the staples you're going to see uh, are kind of the same. You know, you have you have your guys that you trust at the back end of the bullpen. Um, but everybody else, like we talked about, is is you, you got to see how it goes. You know, you still you still have uh, Latell who's been throwing the ball pretty well, in my opinion. Scherfe's a guy who's pitched in the big leagues before and has had success. I still like Harlan Garcia having the stuff that he has if he can keep it in the zone. They have a lot of weapons, and the guys have been going out there and doing a really good job getting the ball, being a good bridge to Rodgers and McGee. So I think if they can continue to do what they've been doing, we're going to continue to see the results that they've been having. We'll have more with former Giants pitcher George Contos, and we'll talk about MLB cracking down on foreign substances on baseballs right after this. When it's time for new tires, you want the lowest prices and the best service, don't you? Well, Kane's Tire in San Rafael has you covered on both. Kane's has the lowest prices in Marin County, and they provide the warm and welcoming service that you can only receive from a family-run business. Voted Best of Marin for 35 years in a row, Kane's prices beat Costco's prices every time. Kane's Tire, 1531 4th Street in San Rafael. Give him a call at 415 453 3942. That's 415-453-2942 for Kane's Tire. All right, now it's time to get into the meat of our discussion about MLB and the foreign substance issue in Major League Baseball. I'm sure you have a lot of opinions about it. I mean, first of all, I just don't know why you would do this in the middle of the season. I understand you want to crack down on it. But in the middle of the season, it doesn't seem like good timing. Mike Kruko alluded to that the other day on KMBR. What do you think about that, first of all? 
first of all, I think what you've done is you've, you've, you've ripped the bandaid off that, that like you're trying to, you're trying to make it something that needs a little bit more diligence than just in the middle of this season. I think from, from my reaction, watching Tyler glass now as animated and as, as heated as he was after getting hurt, I think he said it in a, in a great way to have people really start raising some eyebrows. He said, I had thrown 80 innings using stuff just to get a better grip on the ball. And he said, I'm not using this stuff to increase my spin rate or my curveball. He goes, I know I have great stuff. I'm not trying to increase anything. I'm trying to get a good grip on the ball. And then when they banned it, he had to legitimately change the way he gripped the baseball, which he says is the one contributing factor to him hurting his, uh, his elbow, his UCL. Uh, if that's the case, Major League Baseball has a big problem on their hand uh, with this injury stuff when the finger is starting to be pointed right back at them this soon. Um, I definitely think it would, it's, it would have been a much better uh, suited conversation for the offseason when they can kind of get some ground rules to what is okay to use, what is not okay to use. How can you tell somebody not to use sunscreen when you're sitting in the bullpen in Oakland in the summer when it's 92 degrees and, and you've you got to protect yourself from skin cancer? How are you going to tell somebody not to use uh, sunscreen? I think that there, there are some glaring loopholes in, in um, the, the new rules that have come out that uh, really makes it look like a rash decision. And Trevor Bauer, um, you know, not to give him a, a lot more credit for some of the outspokenness that he, de- that he does uh, from time to time, but he made a va- valid point. You know, who, is there a uniform set of rules or what are these umpires who are going to be checking going to deem as sticky or not sticky? You know, you, you're really opening a lot of, a lot of can- a big can of worms here that's going to be very difficult to navigate. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting about Bauer, uh, and you know, I'm trying to just take him at face value, not looking at anything he said in the past or this Giants-Dodgers stuff, but when he's talking about it not being a rule until, until it's enforced, that's where I'm kinda, I kind of have a problem, and I'm curious what you think as a former Major League pitcher, because you're not supposed to be putting stuff on the baseball, so if everybody else is doing it, now it, it, it's like this, you know, this competition who can do that more? Uh, but but it is a rule. I mean, it might not be enforced. But what was your mindset when you went out there and there's a rosin bag and you needed to get a grip uh, and you know that there is the rule yet it's not being enforced? I mean, it's got to be a tough choice for pitchers. So it, it is. I, I think there's kind of three ways you know to look at it here. There's there's guys who who legitimately I think use something to get a better grip on the ball. There are other guys who use it to get a distinct advantage. I don't know who these people are, but I know people that are trying to get an edge in general, mm-hmm. and they'll use it to increase spin rate and, and you know increase spin rate on the breaking ball, have it break tighter uh, and later and, and whatever. Then there's the gray area where it should fall kind of somewhere in the middle, right? The, where, where someone uses something, but the spin rate increases and, and you know their stuff ends up getting better. Um, but what, what, I, what I think is you need to have that, that, that area of, you know, the hitters get to use pine tar on their bats to get a better grip on the bat. Um, if, if, if hitters are going to be or if pitchers are going to be unable to use anything, I, I'll tell you right now from experience, I was a sweater. And when I was out there and pitching, I would sweat. And if I put enough uh, rosin on sweat that already had rosin on it, it would get sticky. So would I be penalized if, if I came out of the game? And all I had done was sweat on a hot day in St. Louis and the rosin created some stickiness based on the sweat that I was, you know, producing myself from my own body. There's so many, there's so many stones that are unturned in, in how this is going to work. Um, 
that I just, I just, I, I wish it, it, there was a little bit more thought that went and was put into it uh, other than just a rash decision um, right in the middle of the season. Yeah, no, I mean, but I see, I think there's a difference between what you're talking about. If you're using sweat and rosin, that's not to me a foreign substance, whether that, you know, if you're putting, you're going to put sunscreen on uh, the rosin bag. Now, all of a sudden, you're introducing something else. Or spider tack. To me, that's the extreme. So that's where Major League Baseball has the problem. Again, should have done this before the season or after the season. But it is a problem, don't you think, if, if guys are going to the extreme of using that? I, I So for me, my personal opinion is I don't think sunscreen is something that needs to be banned. It is a substance that anybody can use at any time. Spider tack. And I've never even seen what this stuff looks like. I've never <laughs> felt it. I have no idea what it is. Right. But this seems like a legitimate uh, tactic to try and increase metrics and make stuff better. That There is a glaring difference there, in my opinion. I, I don't see how you can take away sunscreen from guys, um, how, how you can not protect from the sun. You know, it's kind of like a big deal, right? Um, right. Spider tack going out of your way to get something that will make it significantly stickier I think that's where we have the problem, and those are some of the places um, and things that needed to be avoided. You know, I mean, Michael Pineda years ago with the Yankees got thrown out of a game because he had pine tar on his neck that looked, uh, you know, it was unbelievably blatant that he was trying to cheat. Yeah. Um, Clay Buckholz was pitching in uh, in Toronto, and one inning he came out and his arms were not shiny. The next inning he came out and his left arm was super shiny. Uh, my my kind of guess would be he used the the sticky stuff that you um, uh, put on uh, ankle tape to, to have the tape stick for your ankle. That stuff gets very, very sticky. Uh, there are a ton of different things you can use to get a ton of stick on the ball. Um, I think sunscreen is one of them that they just get to take it off. You know what? Everyone can use sunscreen. Go ahead and do it. It's an even playing field. It's not going to um, change anything that much. And, and if you were to ask hitters, which I have in the past, how do you feel about a, uh, a pitcher using something to get a little bit better grip on the ball? And when got, what guys have told me is when, got, when people are throwing 98, 99, 100 miles an hour, I want them to know where it's going. Because when 97 righty, righty on righty misses up and in and you get something up in your head, near your head, that's a scary moment. And I think all those guys would rather have pitchers have a better idea of where the ball is going rather than not use anything to get a little bit of a better grip. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely tough. I mean, it's also going to be interesting how they're checking it. It's almost like you're going through TSA now. Everybody's got to be clean. But if you're the guy who's not cheating, you're not using spider tack, uh, don't you think that you're happy about this in a way because you're saying, okay, you know, I haven't been cheating, and these guys are getting an unfair advantage, so, you know, th this should happen. They should crack down a little bit. Yeah, you know, I mean, there, there was <laughs> – I couldn't even tell you how many guys in baseball with even with any value of an educated estimate or guess who are not using legitimately anything. Um, so, so I think that when, when guys are, are viewing this and, and they're like, okay, whoever's using spider tack and the crack, the cracking down that's coming. I think it's great. I think it's good for baseball to not use blatant cheating substances yeah. um, such as spider tack, such as a few of the other uh, products on the market that you can get. That legitimately make the ball, you know, you can put two fingers on the ball, press down, lift your hand up, and the ball will stick to your hand. That That's a little bit egregious, in my opinion. But <laughs> getting a little bit of a better grip on the baseball, I think, is, is better for everybody. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like in the NFL. I always thought, you know, yeah, it's okay if you use gloves 
or if you have a little little something. But then all of a sudden, if you remember those Raiders teams back in the old days, like Fred Bolitnikoff would come out and he have to stick them all over his hands. It's just, you know, it's taking it to an extreme. It's kind of like, you know, everybody on the freeway might be driving 70 in a 65. Seems like it's okay. But the next thing you know, it's boosted up and people are going 85, 90, 100 miles an hour. Now it's dangerous. So it might be annoying that all of a sudden there are CHP officers lined up on the freeway and they were never there before. But you realize, like, hey, people are taking it to an extreme. Yeah, you know, I, I agree. I think I think everything in moderation usually is, you know, is okay. If if you're if you're, you know, minus obviously maybe performance enhancing drugs, that is no nobody should be doing those. But I think in, in this situation, when you have to take into account that all the balls are not rubbed up the same way, some balls come and they're a little bit more tacky and cube or a uh, uh, cue ball-y and like a and not rubbed up enough. Some come overly rubbed up and they have a ton of. Uh, you know, sand and, and, and dust on them. And so you're getting a different product every time you get a new ball and you get a new ball, how many times in an inning? So I, I think there needs to be some sort of way that you can get a uniform grip on the ball. Um, you know, so and if major league baseball is going to continue to keep changing these balls as, as often as they're going to be doing. I think it's okay for the players to have something that they use all together that helps them get a better grip. But to your point, the spider tax stuff, the stuff that takes it way past the line, I absolutely think should be banned. How about the way Garrett Cole handled it the first time he was asked about it? He didn't know how to answer. I mean, it's kind of hard if guys have been using it, and now all of a sudden it's going to be this crackdown. Uh, you know, you don't want to look guilty. It puts players in a bad position. I mean, it's it's hard to be that guy that uh, answers the question. I, I understand that, but he did look really silly when they're asking him and he didn't know how to answer the question. Did you use it or did you not use it? Oh, I don't know how to answer that. It just doesn't come across well. No, I, I, I agree with you. And, you know, Garrett's a very honest guy. He's not come, he's not trying to, you know, dupe anybody or, or uh, um, you know, try to lie about anything. But, you know, <laughs> he did. He did. He could have, he could have, answered it probably a little bit more forthright. And, and I think the, the, the answer he gave was a little bit leading into what the truth is. Um, but I'll tell you what, I mean, geez, if that were me, I'd have been like, nope, never have, never even seen it, never, you never nothing, because it just opens up another can of worms like we're sitting here talking about it. <laughs> right. Well, and, and what about getting suspended? Okay, yeah, 10 games, but you don't get docked any pay. So, I mean, I know the embarrassment of it is the worst part anyway, but not getting docked any pay, uh, that doesn't seem to you know motivate quite as much as if you were going to say you're not getting paid for 10 days. I agree, but but still, if you're getting suspended for 10 games, I mean, uh, I, I haven't read the, the rule that much. Is it the same for a starter versus a reliever? Because if you're losing a starter for, for 10 days, that's two starts. That's, that's going to hurt you and let the team down. But you're losing a reliever for 10 days, that's a big deal, that you can't replace them on your, on your roster. And then you're really letting the team down. Um, so I think uh, outside of players' pockets, which is obviously important, that team camaraderie, letting the guys down, um, I think everyone probably has had meetings in their clubhouses where it was like, look, guys, uh, this is now serious. If you guys have been using anything, um, you guys better stop or you better make sure you're not getting caught, I think is probably the underlying uh, themes in all the clubhouses. But um, it's definitely it's definitely a, a much more significant penalty for a reliever uh, if rather than a starter. Yeah, no, it is ten, it's 10 games no matter – who you are, reliever or starter. So, 
Uh, yeah, that's definitely going to be tough on pitchers who get it. I mean, we're going to see, we're definitely going to see it, you would think, but also we're going to see a change now in the spin rate and all that. So what, what do you think? I mean, is that going to change in the middle of the season how a guy performs? I mean, how important is that as far as uh, fastball versus breaking ball? If you have a great grip on, on a pitch, on let's say a four-seamer, uh, does it affect that more than a breaking ball, or how do you think it affects everything? Oh, I think it affects everything tremendously. I was reading a couple numbers, and the two starts since this came out, Garrett Cole's spin rate has been down almost 300 RPMs, wow. um, down from 20, 20, almost 2,800 to 2,480, something along those lines. Wow. Trevor Bauer the same way. His RPMs have been down about 240 RPMs. Um, and on the fastball, that makes a big deal because if you are a guy who throws fastballs at the top of the zone, that spin rate, that effective spin uh, – and efficiency is a big deal for how much induced vertical break you're going to have. So if you're having a, a, a fastball that you typically throw with a consistent RPM spin rate at the top of the zone, and now it's lower, that's that spin efficiency, um, you know, might be a little bit lower. It might drop because of gravity a little bit more. And now you have a pitch that's center cut and guys can hit those very, very hard. Um, and that's how you give up homers uh, in, in kind of big time situations. And then with the breaking balls, the tighter you can spin the breaking balls, the closer to home plate they're going to get before they start moving. So it makes a huge difference um, on these guys' pitches when they're not able to uh, release the ball that much further in front to get that extra spin because that's really what the, the tacky stuff does. It allows you to hold on to the ball just a little longer, release it a little bit out, more out in front, and really get it off your fingertips. The final thing I want to talk about here with this, I kind of I touched on it, it's just – when you have a situation like this, or you had a situation with steroids, and it's not, you know, in the rules, uh, and and players are trying to get an edge any way they can, how do you dig deep as a player who's a competitor and you're trying to make it in the major leagues and not do this stuff? You know what I mean? It's just because you're trying to be the guy who's the clean guy, yet you've got other people who are sort of passing you by that are doing steroids if you're a hitter, or in this case, you might have pitchers that are passing you by who've been using spider tack. So I, mean, I would think it's pretty hard to be the guy who kind of sticks to his, his ground there and says, you know what, I'm not doing that. Oh, totally. I think it's a moral dilemma. I think everyone, at least in my era of baseball, has talked about this in passing, in the bullpen. You know, if somebody told you that you could – take steroids and make 50 million or do it clean and make five, what would you do? You know, how many times have we had those conversations all over? And I think it just comes to, you know, what you believe, what, what, what your morals are and your values are. And, and, you know, um, not that, not that I'm saying that somebody who does it is a horrible person or anything. I just think that people have different levels of what they think is right and wrong. And there's a different threshold for everybody as to what they're willing to do. Um, and I think that uh, to your point, you know, up until now, it, it was not, you know, banned that you couldn't use these things or, or whatnot. I think before it was kind of just one of those unspoken rules where unless something was unbelievably egregious, like everyone knows that everyone kind of uses a little something here and there. That's kind of what my understand that loose understanding of, of what it was. And now we're tracking down because people have brought it to the uh, forefront of, of the media and we're always talking about it. And it happens, you know, every Three days in the media on MLB Network, people are talking about it. So, you know, here came the crackdown, and now we have to deal with this can of worms. Um, so I think it's all just, you know, everybody based on their personal kind of preference of how far they want to dabble over the edge to get the edge. All right, George. Well, uh, this starts next week. 
And the Giants will be playing, what, the Angels in L.A., and then they got Oakland at home, and then a couple of games in there against the Dodgers in L.A. Uh, this, this season, every game just seems like it's just so magnified. When you're in first place, all these games seem so important. So it's going to be fun to watch the next week and how the Giants react. Are they the team that they were in D.C. when they weren't hitting, or are they the team that's beating up on Arizona? I guess we'll find out. Yeah, you know, I'm actually going to be out there covering all, all those games you just mentioned. I, I have them next week, so it'll be fun to get back in studio and to and to be covering the guys again uh, on NBC Sports pre and post game. But uh, I think that the team is definitely a lot more of what we've seen the last two days than what we saw uh, with the rain delays and the double headers and all that in, in Washington. I think this team is really playing with a lot of confidence, and uh, hopefully they can keep what they're doing up. Like like we've said, the first couple months of the season, now we're in the middle stretch, and, and they've still been kind of doing it really, really well and at a high level. So it's been fun to watch. All right, great. Great that you're going to be on NBC Sports Bay Area. Looking forward to that. Yeah, the ratings are up. It has nothing to do with the Giants. It's because George Contos is on there with Greg Papa, <laughs> and the ratings are sky high. If the Giants were in last place, the ratings would still be sky high. No, I'm kidding around. Anyway, George, thanks a lot for the time. Really appreciate it, and uh, talk to you in a couple weeks. Thanks a lot, Joe. Great talking. That's former Giants relief pitcher George Contos. Join us again next week for another edition of Inside China Basin. For now, I'm Joe Castellano. Thanks for listening on the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.